Well, good morning. I feel very blessed to be around a lot of people that uh, I count as very godly people that I can look up to. And the Bible actually says, Mark the godly man, Mark the godly woman. So it's good to have people influence you. And there's different characters um, that have influenced me a lot in my life, actually, for the good. There's also people, obviously, from Scripture. And I'm going to look at one today, a fellow called Caleb who I, de I describe as a mighty man of God. And we find him, I'm going to read Numbers chapter 13. I'm going to abridge it uh, for time's sake. Numbers 13 verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, Send some men out to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out into, into the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. And these are the names. Shemua, Shaphat, Caleb, Igal, Joshua, Palti, Gadiel, Gadai, Amiel, Sethor, Nabi, and Geuel. These are the names of the men that Moses sent out to explore the land. Now Moses had given Shua, son of Nun, the name Yeshua, which we translate as Joshua. Most of us will not know 10 of the 12 names very well. There's a good reason for that, and I'll come back to it in a minute. When Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, go up through the Negev and on into the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. Now, when you're engaging in a battle, in a war, you're better off finding out everything you can about the situation of your enemy and knowing what your own resources are. It's called due diligence. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, verse 21. So they went up and explored the land from the desert of Zin as far as Rehob towards Lebo Hamath. They went up through the Negev and came to Hebron, where Ahiman, Sheshai, and Telmai, the descendants of Anak, lived. When they reached the valley of Eshkol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. Two of them carried it on a pole between them, along with the pomegranates and figs. At the end of 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. Now this is the report of the exploration. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Asia, the Hittites, Jebusites and Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. These were all enemies of the Israelites. But then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land. We can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack these people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they'd explored. 
They said the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. These are the descendants of Anak, which are, come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Very interesting. Before you go to war, when you're embarking on the Christian war, whatever you're doing, see the lie of the land. Find out what your commands are. Find out what your remit is. Find out what your resources are. And find out what the enemy is doing. So you've got to know your commands. First of all, three points. Get understanding. Proverbs tells us to get understanding and get knowledge. Sell all you have and get knowledge, get understanding. And this is what Caleb and Joshua particularly did. Know your commands. The Bible is full of your commands. You need to know your commands because things, times change. The Bible doesn't. There are certain things in scripture which are specific for today. There's a scripture in 1 Chronicles 12, 32 that says the men of Issachar understood the times they were living in and what Israel should do. Well, understand the times you're living in. The pandemic, the world's in chaos. What are you going to do? Find out, read your Bible, spend time with the Lord. The other thing is you've got to know your commands when I was in the army, you had standing and daily orders. The standing orders are your commands. They're effectively your Bible. You do not transgress the standing orders. And it's a chargeable offence not to know them. So you need to know your general standing orders. Your daily orders, however, were posted on a notice board, which you are charged to go and read every day. And if you didn't read those notices, those notices and find out what you were doing, you missed an appointment or a parade you should have been at, you'd be charged for that as well. And that's your daily prayers. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament times, the head servant would go and meet the master every day in the morning and find out about the daily business. There were certain things he did all the time which were standard, but there was daily business as well. And he found out what was going on for the day, what food was required, what fields need to be ploughed, what was going to happen that day. And he actually became quite a friend of the master, a trusted friend. That's what I want to be, a trusted friend of the master. But every single day, finding out what's going on today, on your face, on your knees, in the morning, is the best time, in my opinion. But spend time with the father every single day. The promised land is a type of the Christian walk. There's some great things. God will be your provision. He will be your provider. There is milk and honey. God will give you everything you need to do to walk in the way that he's told you to walk. A lady in my home group uh, many years ago, we just, just summed up a discussion we were having. She said, look, if God's told us to do something, he's going to give us the wherewithal to do it. He's going to give us the food. He's going to give us the word, the encouragement and the weaponry. And he's going to be with us. I couldn't have put it better. Promised land is full of giants. The promised land, by the way, is not a type of heaven. There are no giants in heaven. It's all done. They're all beaten. But the promised land, the Christian war, there's plenty of giants in it. You can have some battles. Giants in those particular times, you can read about them in Genesis uh, chapter 6, who are sort of descendants of some human demonic hybrids the readings in uh, Genesis chapter 6 but as far as we're concerned 
You've got to know, get understanding. Then get God's perspective. Get some knowledge, get some understanding, and then get God's perspective. Caleb's viewpoint was, we can do this, and we can do it now. Whatever everybody else was saying, what everybody else was saying, others saw the giants from a human perspective, fighting on their own, in their own strength. It's me against this nine foot tall person, and I've got no chance. Caleb knew who he was. He knew who was with him. Joshua, I've already mentioned, was called Shua. And Moses changed his name. He actually added onto the name Shua, Yea, which was part of God's name. He gave Shua God's name and made him Yeshua, which we translate Joshua, which is the Old Testament translation, Old Testament translation of the name Jesus. You see, Caleb knew he had Joshua with him. And it's not who you are, it's who's with you that counts. And you've got Jesus with you. And in the New Testament, Jesus actually lives in you. He was in bodily form here. He's gone to heaven, sits at the right hand of the Father. But he poured out his spirit and you become the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you now, if you engage with God, have God's perspective. Not who you are, but who's with you that counts. Thirdly, have a different spirit. Numbers 14, 24. Because my servant Caleb has had a different spirit and has followed me wholeheartedly, I'll bring him into the land which he entered and his descendants will take possession of it. Put on God's whole armour. Every day you need to be getting before God. Have a different spirit, a completely different spirit to where you walked in before you knew God. Put on the armour of God, Ephesians 6, 11 to 18. Now, a number of years ago, I was giving a, a prophecy by a very uh, eminent gentleman who I respect highly. And so I return to that, I think about it, and uh, I keep hold of it. And basically he said to me, you know, uh, you're a man of a different spirit. God is singling you out as a man of a different spirit, like Caleb, like Caleb. And he's going to give you strength and power. And that sounded great to me. I can see myself with God's armour on and, and a weapon in my hand, the sword and the helmet and the shield. Great man of God. And then the qualifying caveat came at the end. Because you're going to need it. Because you're going to need it. In other words, this armour isn't ceremonial. It's not a ceremonial sword. It's not there for you to look good. You're in a battle, young man. That's what God was saying. You're going to need this. You're going to need to know what your commands are. You're going to listen to your master and your commander every single day and do as you're told. But you are going to fight. But you are going to need it. Jesus has won as the kingdom. And now we need to take possession of it in his name. How do you view yourself? The people went out to spy the land, the ten whose names we don't remember said we were like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. That was their perspective of how the enemy saw them. But we were like grasshoppers and that was the problem. They were like grasshoppers in their own eyes. They didn't know who was with them. They didn't know who was sending them. They didn't know the commandments. They didn't have a different spirit. No understanding or knowledge. How do you view yourself? Are you a grasshopper? We're a man, a woman of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, 
The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Is that how you see yourself? Or do you see yourself as a little me, grasshopper, from this background? No, I'm a man of God. It's who's with me that counts. I'm going to be full of his spirit. I'm going to do what he tells me to do. And to do that, I need to listen to him every day. If you don't do that, and I respectfully suggest that you start doing that, hearing his voice. Let God's words move you, not the words of others. A man of a different spirit was moved by God's word, not by others, and not by what he saw. What about you? Praise God. Have a good day.